Hi everyone, I believe God wants to speak to you today. God is always speaking and the Bible talks a lot about the word of God. In fact, there are two terms that the New Testament uses for word. The first is logos. This refers to the written word of God, the scriptures. But logos also refers to the son of God, Jesus, the living word. So for example, John 1 verse 1 refers to in the beginning was the word, the logos, referring to Jesus. And the written word, the Bible, testifies about the living word of God, Jesus. But there's a second term the New Testament uses, which is rhema. This means the spoken word of God, it ways in which God continues to speak through things like prophecy, community, through prayer or circumstances. Now, logos always takes precedence over rhema, but we need to be open to hearing God speak in all the ways, as I believe he is always speaking. And God's word always brings life. The written word of God never goes out and returns to him void, unfruitful. It always produces fruit. And think about when God created the universe, he spoke creation into being. Maybe you need a life spoken into you today. Maybe you know you need God to speak into your life in some way, into a decision or into a predicament you face. Maybe you need him to speak into a relationship or a business that you have. Maybe you need him to speak into the life stage you're at or into challenges or opportunities. I believe he will speak today. He has a word for you. And we're gonna begin by looking at the written word. Uh, our reading today is taken from 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. This is in the Old Testament. Let me read it to you. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. The king of Aram was Ben-Hadad II. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. That victory was the battle of Kaka in 853 BC, a long time ago. Naaman was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. She's referring to Elisha, the prophet. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, that's about 340 kilograms, 6,000 shekels of gold, that's about 70 kilograms, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel, that's King Joram, read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Make the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. 
So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpa, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all of his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Please accept now a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimmon, Rimmon was the Aramean god of, of thunder, and war. When my master enters the temple of Rimmon to bow down and he is leaning on my arm and I bow there also, when I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. Go in peace, Elisha said. This is an amazing story. What does it tell us about how God speaks to us? First thing is this. God will often give you the word you need, not necessarily the word you want. Naaman was an important man, a successful and a powerful general of Aram with a close relationship to the king. He'd won victories and was hugely respected. He represented his country like an ambassador when he went to Israel. And his visit was endorsed by diplomatic letters at a royal level. What's more, Naaman had made the grueling journey of over 1,100 kilometers in spite of his leprous condition. Therefore, Naaman's cultural expectation was that Elisha would welcome him with pomp, that he'd roll out the red carpet and give him the honor that he deserved. But as Naaman's horses, his chariots and entourage arrive at Elisha's house, Elisha doesn't even bother to come out of his home to see him. Instead, he just sends a messenger to him and Naaman is culturally offended. Verse 11 says this, but Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would at least surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. He was offended. And Naaman is also intellectually offended. You know, generals are great strategists and Elisha's orders to go and wash seven times in the River Jordan, well, they sound like utter nonsense to Naaman. The River Jordan was a small, muddy river compared with the impressive rivers of Aram. 
Naaman says in verse 12, are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I, couldn't I have just washed in them? You see, this sounded utter foolishness to Naaman. St. Paul, uh, Paul later writes to the Corinthians and says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You see, this was clearly not the word that Naaman wanted. Like Naaman, do we insist upon hearing the voice of God on our own terms? You know, the thought that he might ask us to immerse ourselves again and again in something as uncool or unimpressive as a church each week, where the pastor doesn't make enough fuss of me. Sorry, if that is the case, I'm not doing it on purpose. And where the pastor's teaching, well, sometimes sounds ridiculous. Maybe it might seem as culturally or intellectually offensive as bathing in the Jordan. But Naaman got the word he needed, not the word he wanted. Just recently at HTBB, we had the privilege of running the Alpha Regional Gathering, where uh, over 600 pastors from 21 countries around the region came to HTBB to learn all about Alpha. And I had this great conversation with one of the Indian delegates, a fantastic guy. And he said, look, where I, uh, my church, where I come from, he said, I'm, I'm one of the worship leaders. But he said, I've had for a while now this terrible pain in my shoulder. In fact, so bad that I couldn't even lift my hands. And he said, in my Pentecostal tradition, he said, as a worship leader, not being able to lift your hands in worship, he said, well, that's like trying to be a preacher, but not being able to speak. And he said, he'd had this injury and he would prayed, but the Lord hadn't healed him. Then he said, I was invited to the Alpha Regional Gathering at HTBB. And he said, if I'm honest, I thought, why do I need to go to an Anglican church? What will I learn there? But eventually he said, okay, I'll go. And he'd come. During one of those sessions at the Alpha Gathering, uh, there was a time of ministry. And from the front, we said, if you want prayer for healing, come forward. This Indian delegate told me it was as he stood up from his chair and began to walk forward, the pain just went. By the time he walked to the front, he was completely healed and could already lift his hands in worship. He got the word he needed, although it was not how or where he expected. I wonder what might the River Jordan represent for you? A Christian tradition you've previously written off? Or God speaking through a person who annoys you as much as Elisha annoyed Naaman? Or maybe through a very junior employee, like Naaman's servant girl, who set the whole thing up? I think we must learn to listen more carefully to those people who sometimes the culture ignores because God so often speaks from the margins, not the mainstream. Even when the living word, the logos, became flesh, Jesus, what was people's response? They said, can anything good come from Nazareth? God often speaks from the margins, through the overlooked, through children, through teenagers, through the poor, 
through those who suffer. One of the great things I was hearing about at our Alpha Regional Gathering was the Lord's beginning to do some amazing things in Thailand. In Thailand, uh, is known for being a place where uh, it's quite hard for the gospel to be proclaimed and for the church to grow. The gospel's nearly 200 years old in Thailand, but it's been hard going. But right now, something very exciting is happening. Let me tell you a couple of examples. Firstly, there's this really ordinary guy. He's a car mechanic. And he went to one of the villages uh, in uh, Pechabun province, preached the gospel, and the Lord moved in power. So many people came to Christ. And this guy, Pastor Samsak, is now going from village to village, just preaching the good news and seeing huge numbers of people come to faith and be baptized. From the ordinary, the Lord is speaking powerfully. And as I said, sometimes the Lord even speaks through suffering. You may have read in the news how a famous Thai actress and influencer, she's called Nida Pacharavirapong. Uh, she tragically died recently, age 37. She fell off a boat. And um, a lot of people in Thailand didn't realize that this incredibly famous woman was actually a Christian. And she'd requested to have a Christian funeral. And it was broadcast live in Thailand on the 11th of March this year. As it was being broadcast uh, in a, an apartment block in Bangkok, there was another woman whose life was in a complete mess. And she thought, I can't go on any longer. In fact, she'd opened the window and crawled out and was sitting, legs dangling over the side on the con AC condenser on the outside of this high apartment block. She was thinking about ending it. But as she was sitting there, she heard the good news of Jesus being spoken about on this actress's uh, funeral as it was being broadcast on her TV in her apartment. And as she had listened, a seed of hope entered her heart. She crawled back inside the apartment and watched the rest of the funeral. She then Googled Christian sermons and spent the rest of the week watching them. She said she cried constantly as she was watching and hearing all about Jesus. That Sunday, she went to a church in Bangkok. I know the pastor, I know the church. And there she gave her life to Christ. The next Sunday, she brought her husband along. He didn't want to go, but he loved his wife, so he went. He said, for some reason, from the minute the service started, he wept his way through the whole thing and then put his faith in Jesus at the end. Their lives were completely turned around. They now serve in that church. God is doing something extraordinary. He's delivering the word that Thai people need, but it's coming from the most unexpected places and in the most unexpected ways. I believe God is speaking to people today, to you. It might not be the word that you want or expect, but it is the word you need. The second thing we see from this story of Naaman is that actually God wants obedience and not ritual as our response. Naaman expected Elisha to perform elaborate rituals, complicated prayers, instructions, and hand-waving. That verse again, uh, verse 11. Uh, he says, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. 
But Elisha's orders seem too simple. Naaman's ser- servants eventually convinced the general that the simplicity of the instruction is actually a positive thing. In verse 13, they say, look, if he told you to do something complicated, wouldn't you have done it? Surely this is better. It's easy, right? So eventually, Naaman obeys. Will we humble ourselves and put aside our own assumptions, our own expectations and pride when we don't get the word we want, but rather the word we need? Will we still choose to obey? You see, Naaman was physically healed on his seventh dip in the River Jordan, but his heart began to be healed on the first dip when he humbled himself and chose to obey the Lord. Will we do the same? I remember when I was in my final year at university, I was thinking about leaving and what job I might do next. So I I applied to this one particular job that I, I wanted. I was thankfully called to first round interview. I went, the interview seemed to go really well. So I was pretty confident that they'd probably call me for a second round interview. But a few days later, uh, uh, a letter arrived from them. I opened it and it was a letter of rejection. I hadn't got through. I was really heartbroken. I remember that night, I, I went for a walk on my own and it was quite late at night and I ended up sitting on this bench outside I thought, what am I going to do? And I prayed a prayer. I'd never really prayed before. I said, Lord, I really want that job, but I'm going to choose to trust you that you've got something better. From from now on, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. The very next day, I got a phone call and it was from the company. They said, so are you coming for second interview or not? I said, well, obviously not because you sent me a letter of rejection. They said, no, we didn't. We asked you to come for second round. I said, well, what about this letter I've got here? No, 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 no. We never sent that to you. So are you coming or not? I went, okay, I'll come, I'll come. And I went and I got the job. What do I pull out of that story? Was it just an administrative error? No. I think the Lord was speaking to me. You see, I had just wanted a job but God knew that I needed a surrendered heart. God wants obedience, yours and mine. And then the third thing we see in this extraordinary passage is the word that you need is often bigger than just for you. Naaman's healing, first of all, brings peace. It literally prevents a potential war between Israel and Aram. There were already skirmishes happening between the two countries on the border. It was a tinderbox waiting to go up. And that's why when the king of Israel gets the letter from the king of Aram saying, I'm sending you this important guy, he's got leprosy, you better cure him. He thinks, oh my goodness, this could result in war. The word that Naaman got was yes for his healing, but it was more, it brought peace in the land. And secondly, it resulted in the faith being taken to Aram by Naaman. Now, here, Naaman thinks that worship has to be locational. You see, this was very common in the people of the ancient Near East. They thought that gods were confined to the land in which they were worshipped. 
Of course, this was not the case with the God of Israel, with our God. But this is why Naaman gets a bit confused and he asks Elisha, hey, can I take with me as much earth from the land here as, as my mules can carry so I can take that soil back with me to Aram, stand on it and worship God there? <laughs> but you get the point. What he's trying to say is I want to worship the Lord back in Aram. And here the scripture points to a bigger story. You see, Naaman's healing points to our healing through the death of Jesus on the cross. You see, just as the people of Israel had had to go through the waters of the Jordan to cross from wilderness to the promised land that they longed for, so Naaman had to go into and through the Jordan to find the healing and the peace that he longed for. And today, we go through the waters of baptism to find the healing and peace in Christ that we long for. And Naaman came to Elisha with 340 kilograms of silver and 70 kilograms of gold, thinking that his healing would be transactional. And ultimately, we are eternally healed through a transaction, paid not in silver nor in gold, but in blood. Not our blood, but the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for you and for me. This is our free gift of righteousness, a transaction that leads to relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the word Jesus wanted from God the Father was, it's okay, son, you don't need to go through with this. But in his obedience, he said, but Father, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, I will obey the word that is needed. And as a result of his obedience, Jesus's death brings peace to all mankind and takes the faith into the whole world. I said earlier how God often speaks in unexpected ways, sometimes even through suffering. That Thai actress's funeral was put on the Facebook page of the church in which it was held. And then other churches copied it and put it on their Facebook page. And something extraordinary has happened in Thailand these last couple of months. That funeral has now been watched by over 30 million people. That's about half the entire population of Thailand. And what's happened as a result is that all these churches are finding people either phoning them up or turning up out of the blue saying, I watched the funeral. How do I become a Christian? Here at HTBB, uh, at the Alpha Regional Gathering, I spoke to the pastor who held the funeral. He's had 300 people come to faith as a result of watching that funeral. But what was even more encur encouraging to me was another Thai pastor from a completely different, unconnected church said, oh yeah, we've had over 30 people phone us up too and say, how can I become a Christian? Amazing. God is multiplying. You see, yes, God wants to speak to you today. Yes, he wants to bless you, but then he will always multiply it to bless others through you. So let me pray for you now to be blessed, to have that word, the word that you need right now. 
Let's pray. Father Almighty, thank you that you love each and every person watching this. Thank you, Jesus, that you did what was needed. You obeyed your Father and you died on the cross for us and rose to new life. You are the living Logos. And we pray now for everyone watching this, those that need you to speak to them today, to speak into a specific circumstance. Would you right now, through this talk, and also by the whisper of your Holy Spirit, speak. And I think for some people watching this, you're waiting. You're in a period of waiting for a prayer to be fulfilled. And I sense maybe the Lord is saying, Naaman had to wait. That first dip in the Jordan, he's not healed. That second dip in the Jordan, he's not healed. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, on the seventh dip, finally he's healed. And I think you're, in, you're living your life right now. You're in between dip one and dip seven, as it were. That does not mean the Lord isn't going to answer. He is with you. And I want to pray for healing. When we tell a healing story, it raises faith. Maybe there's somebody here, you've got a pain in your shoulder and your neck or even a frozen shoulder. Right now, we command the pain to go and the shoulder to be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. The Lord is speaking to you. Amen.